You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, my message today is around new hope. We're in the middle of a a series called The New Series, and today's message is around new hope. Um, We continue this series last week. You've already heard Pastor Rachel shared about new beginnings, and uh, I, I don't know about you, but having hope in my life is a non-negotiable. It's, an, it's a non-negotiable. When I talk about hope, I'm, I'm not talking about mistaking hope for optimism. I'm not talking about positivity or aspiration or, or perhaps even wishful thinking. I'm referring to hope that comes from God. Hope that is assured, guaranteed, promised, found in the Word of God. That, that type of hope. You know, having lived without hope, and for those of you who have lived without hope, having lived without it, you don't know what you're missing until you find it. The peace that God brings into your life when you find hope through Jesus Christ. The purpose that you have for living and Living every day with hope, it's, it's priceless, amen. It's a priceless thing. So at the beginning of 2023, let's allow this year to be defined by new hope. New hope that's found in and through God. It's my heart for each of us today that, that you personally use this moment as, as a reset moment or a reorientation of yourself towards God's hope. Let it be a year. Amen. I'm talking to you personally right now, not the room. You personally, let it be a year of new hope. You know, maybe you look at last year and last year's com- completed. It's, it's done. It's, it's finished. But maybe last year for you was a year as you look in the revision mirror, it's like had some wins had some losses. Maybe last year is way too fresh in your memory. Maybe there are things in your your vision mirror. It's like, I I would prefer to forget those things in my year. See, this moment, is it a moment to allow God to move, God to intervene, to release healing and creativity and allow Him to do something new? I want to encourage you, stop looking in the rear vision mirror. At last year, God wants to do something new right now in your life. Now is a moment to reset, realign your purpose and thinking towards God's plans for this year ahead. This this is the moment. And so I say it like this. Let this message be an alarm alarm clock moment for your year. Who loves the sound of an alarm clock in, in the morning? Anybody? One person put their hand up and I knew they were lying. Someone else put their hand up. Someone else put their hand up and I'm like, that's actually true. You do, you do. Renu. Has anyone ever seen the cartoon Snow White and still like wakes up in the morning and it's just like, just birds floating around and deer peeking in through the, that cartoon was based on the life of Renu. Let this message be an alarm clock to your year. It's time to wake up. Let new hope 
and purpose rise within you. See, an intervention from God releases an injection of hope. Who knows that to be true? Who's, who's had an intervention from God? It's just an injection of hope. It's like adrenaline to your soul. So when God moves, hope is released and destinies are changed. As I share this message today, you're going you're gonna to focus back on that statement. When God moves, hope is released and destinies are changed. As I share this message, you're going to look back and go, that's true. Maybe you're already looking at your own life and you're like, that's true. God, when God moves. So something I've learned and gleaned from the Bible is that God has always been about doing something new. It's always been about doing something new. In Hebrews 7, uh, verses 18 to 25, this is what it says. Because the early, earlier commandment was weak and did not reconcile us to God effectively, it was set aside. The earlier commandment means the law of the, of the Old Testament for those who, who haven't caught up there yet. And this is what it says in verse 19. After all, the law could not make anyone or anything perfect. God has now introduced a new and better hope. He's always been about doing something new through which we may draw near to him and confirmed it by, sw- by swearing to it. The Levite order of priests took office without oath, but this man, Jesus, became a priest through God's oath. And this is his oath to us. The eternal one has sworn an oath and cannot change his mind. You are a priest forever. It's talking about Jesus coming. Verse 22. So we can now see that Jesus has become the guarantee of a new and better covenant, new and better hope. And Jesus is a new and better covenant. Why? Because it allows us to draw near to him. Amen. Further, the prior priesthood of the sons of Levi has included many priests because death cut their sh- short their service. But Jesus holds the priesthood permanently because he, his, he lives his resurrected life forever. It's an unending hope, unending covenant, permanent. Amen. From such a vantage, he is able to save those who approach God through him for all time because he will live forever to be their advocate in the presence of God. Does that encourage you today? That God released a new and better hope through Jesus and he's now in heaven advocating on your behalf to God the Father. I don't know about you, but that, that, that encourages me. It's not just me here throwing prayers up in the air. God's sitting next to Jesus like, did you hear that? Did you hear what he's asking for? Did you hear the desires of his heart? Did you hear that he wants you to move in his family? Did you hear that he wants you to move in his city? Did you hear that, God? I'm advocating for him. He's doing the same for you, for each and every single one of us. To put it simply, we have a new and better hope because Jesus is the new and better agreement between us and God. He did something new when he created the heavens and the earth. He did something new when he created Adam and Eve. He did something new when he redeemed the world through Noah and his family. He did something new when he saved Joseph's family from famine. He did something new when he delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. He did something new when he prophesied through Isaiah that he was sending the saviour of the world. He did something new when he used Mary to birth Jesus as the saviour and hope of the world. He did something new when he birthed life through the death of Jesus. 
He did something new when he offered salvation and relationship with God. He's always been interested and involved in doing something new. And that involves giving new hope to people just like you and me. You may have heard this scripture before. You would have heard it last week if you're here. Isaiah 43, 19. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in a dry wasteland. I'm echoing the scriptures today for you in 2023. God is doing something new in you and through you. Where you've seen obstacles, where you've seen challenges, will you choose for your hope and faith to believe that He's opening up new pathways? Will you choose to believe that He's creating rivers in dry places? Will you choose there's areas in your heart and your life and your workplace? It's like, I wish that would change. Let's stop wishing and attach our faith to the fact that God wants to release new pathways. Amen. He wants to create outpourings through you and in you. And I, I, I say this at the beginning of 23, don't put it off. Don't put it off for another moment. Don't put it off for another year. Don't put off. Step into God's will and purpose for your life this year. And maybe you've been a Christian a long time. Maybe you've been in church a long time. It's like, yeah, I'm, I, I love Jesus. I, I love the fact that He saved me. But maybe you've just stagnated a bit. Maybe you're stagnated about stepping forward into the promises year on year. Maybe it's just like, I remember when God used to do great things. God wants to do great things through you now. God wants to do great things in you now. He wants to release new hope now. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Who knows that when a tree is healthy and giving life, what does it do? It grows, it has leaves, it gives shade to those who come to it. What else does it do? It releases fruit. People benefit from it. Hope deferred makes the tree sick, makes the heart sick. But God wants to come and release new hope into you so you grow, so that you can give shade, so that you can have fruit to the people around you. Maybe you've, maybe you've just stagnated a bit and it's like, I just, I haven't been, consuming the hope that I need so that I can grow this year. Let it change, amen. Choose not to defer hope. So I can choose not to, you can choose not to defer hope. Choose to be connected. Choose to worship. Choose to place yourself in friendships. Choose to flee sinful practices. Choose to embrace holiness. Choose to embrace right living. Choose hope. Choose health. Choose to believe that God's true are going to be fulfilled through and in you this year. It's a choice we make. Who knows that you can choose those things? Who knows that you can choose those things? One more time. Who knows that you can choose those things? Don't, don't sit back on the sidelines of life. Just be like, God, come and do something amazing. He, he can do that. But he wants you to stand up and step into, be involved in pursuing life. You know, if I, um, as a young, younger man, if I had just prayed to God that God was going to 
bring me a wife. Who knows that I would potentially be still praying that prayer if all I was doing was praying. God brought a beautiful woman in front of me. Lord God, I just pray that you bring me a wife. She's standing in front of you, bro. God, I just, just pray. Just fervently pray, God. Just bring me a, a wonderful woman who loves you. She's standing in front of you, mate. Sometimes we've got to open our eyes up. We've got to look forward to what God's put in front of us. And we have to pursue it. Anybody who's found themselves a wife or a husband, you had at some point in time, you had to make a decision to step out and pursue it. You had to chase it down like a wild cheetah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be hungry for what God puts in front of you, amen. You've got to want it. You've got to pursue it. You cannot sit back on the sideline of life. Good things will go roll straight past you if you don't get up and pursue it. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. You've got to trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God is the God of hope and He wants to fill you with joy and peace. The catch is you have to step up, step out and trust Him. You have to step up, step out and trust Him. You've got to do something. You've got to put action to the faith and the hope that He's placing within you. The practical everyday living thing is that you have to trust Him. And as you do, you can be sure that new hope is going to begin to overflow. New passion is going to begin to overflow as the Holy Spirit moves in and through your life. See, what happens when you choose to trust God and put yourself in His will? See, God has a perfect will for your life. But we have to choose to join ourselves to it. We have to choose to leave some of the old practices and step into the practices that God has for us right now. Let's, I want us to look at the book of Ruth for a moment, for a minute today. And starting from the first chapter of Ruth, uh, we, we find that Ruth and Naomi find themselves in a foreign nation. Uh, Naomi's husband and children have died and she's been left with no form of income, support. She's in a foreign nation. And the only thing that she has left are two daughter-in-laws. And in this moment, she finds herself living without hope for a future. It could be suggested, in fact, that she's living in complete despair and loss. In fact, in Ruth 1 verse 12, this is what Naomi says to her daughter-in-laws, return, return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there was still hope for me, like she is living without hope. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters... It is more bitter for me than for you because of the, Lord, the Lord's hand has turned against me. She is living without hope. She finds herself without hope and literally finds herself in a place of feeling bitter. The bitterness is consuming her heart and her life. And she's sending everybody away from her. 
Who knows when you find yourself in a place of feeling without hope and you're feeling bitterness has crept into your heart. Who knows it's really hard to keep people close to you. You end up pushing people away. It's like, get away from me. You give people the silent treatment. You get angry at people. You, you do things and say things that you don't mean just to try and get people to get away from you. It's a, it's a horrible place to dwell in, but it's even more horrible for the people around you. So often Naomi's daughter-in-law goes home to her family, but Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, promises that she will stay with Naomi. Her message to Ruth was this, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. She commits herself to standing with someone who is without hope. In the midst of Naomi identifying as bitterness, is in Ruth 1.20, Ruth, Ruth commits to, to walk the journey with Naomi. And remember today, God is in the habit of moving and imparting hope. Re- remember this as we're, as we're going through this story. In chapter 2, Naomi and Ruth return to Naomi's homeland. And I want to encourage you today, there is power in returning to the place that God wants you to dwell. Maybe you've just kind of taken a little bit of a, it's like, oh, I got distracted. There's, just, there's a squirrel. Maybe, maybe you got distracted by life. Maybe something happened. It's just like, oh, oh, there is power in returning back to what God wants you to fix your focus and attention. There's power in returning to where God wants you to dwell. So you want new hope? Return. Return to the place where you can get new hope. Return to relationship with God. Return to the people that God has called you to be with. Return to the will of God. And then the purpose of God will make a way and make a miracle happen. Making way for God to pour His hope into your life happens when you return and join yourself to His will. See, as as they dwell in the place of God that God has called them to in chapter 2, see, remember, they're without hope, without income, without provision, So what does Ruth do? Ruth goes to the fields to collect the leftover grain from the harvesters. Again, I want to encourage you, choosing to put yourself in a place where you cultivate good practices opens the doors for God's provision and new hope. Be active, be assertive, be present. Don't sit back on the the sidelines of life and just hope that something's going to happen. Sometimes you've got to get up and participate so that God can move. See, as she begins to do this, so much so as Ruth serves in the fields in chapters 2 and 3, she captures the attention of Boaz, the owner of the field. And Boaz notes that she is noble and reputable. See, God powerfully makes a way for Ruth's story to line up with God's perfect will. See, God wants to powerfully make a way for your story to line up with His perfect will. All He requires is a heart and actions that line up with His will. Be noble and be reputable. Be assertive, be present, be noble and be reputable. It's like, oh, I really want to do something in business. Be reputable. I really want my business to run well. Be someone who's of good character. Be noble, be reputable. really want to find a a good husband or a good wife, be noble, be reputable. I really want my kids to grow up and just be really good, kind people. Be noble, be reputable. 
really want to see like God do something in this city. Be noble, be reputable. Why, why am I pushing on that a little bit this morning? You know, sometimes, who's ever worked with someone who, who declares to the entire workplace that they're a Christian? And like, you're pretty sure that your cat's probably more Christian than they are or like with what you see at work. It's like my dog is way more saved than the way that person acts at work. Be noble and be reputable. You want to be an example? You want people to inquire about the new hope that you found? Be someone who's noble and reputable. In chapter 4, we see it all coming together. God moves heaven and earth. You think about where they've come from in chapters 1, 2 and the beginning of 3. And we see this picture. Boaz marries Ruth. Remember, she's lost her husband. All hope had disappeared. But she promised and committed to look after her mother-in-law. I'm going to stand for something that matters in this world. I'm going to take, take care of someone who needs my help and support right now. See, when she marries Boaz, God res- restores hope not just to herself, but also to Naomi. Naomi now has a family. She has provision. She has a new hope. Not only does Naomi gain new hope, but she gains a new son and eventually a grandson as well. Hope has been restored. See, God's faithfulness in his, his heart wants to restore what's been taken from you. It's what God wants to do for you this year. Restore new hope and restore what's been taken from you. He has new hope for you this year. You might be thinking right now, this is a fantastic outcome in the book of Ruth. This has got to be God moving and God making a way for new hope for both Naomi and Ruth's life. And truly it is. Hopelessness was exchanged for new hope. Amen. But here's the, kick, here's the kicker in chapter 4, verse 16. Then Naomi took the child, Boaz and Ruth's child, in her arms and cared for him. Can you imagine that moment when all hope is seen lost and all of a sudden she's like carrying this promise of hope for, for the next, next generation? The women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, Obed is King David's grandfather. But it doesn't stop there. The the genealogy of Boaz and Ruth show us the promise of God's new hope for us all. Can, Can you roll the tape this morning? The genealogy of Boaz, you can't afford to skip over this. Because someone chose to stay with their mother-in-law, because someone chose to put themselves in a place and be assertive and be noble and be reputable, it makes way for not just King David. That entire family tree brings us down all the way to Joseph and Mary and they produce the saviour of the world. The hope of the world is released because someone chose to get up in the morning and go up and pick pieces of grain that are left over in a paddock. 
You look at the things you're doing on a daily basis in your family, in your workplace, in your life, and you're like, it just seems so mundane. What comes next? What hope is released in your life, but what hope is then released in your kids and your kids' kids and your family that's to come? What happens when you're faithful, reputable and noble to what God has called you to do? New hope is released, not just for you, but for the generations that are to come as well. Does that excite you this morning? You can probably tell by the way that I'm talking that it excites me just a little bit. See, without their faith, without their trust and obedience, we don't see the Messiah of the world coming. Now, God would have made another way, but Ruth chose for it to be this way. Did she know it was coming? She had no idea what was coming. She was just someone who chose to look after her mother-in-law. But because of it, we see that that God, as they choose to return to a place where God has called them to dwell, the choice for them to trust in God, the choice for them to follow the guidance and direction, a new door of hope was open for them, but it paved the way for a new hope for the world, for, for you and I, for the generations that have come, without their trust, without their hope. See, what's God calling you to return to this year? So they had to return to something in order to step into the new hope. What, what are you, what's God calling you to return to this year? What are the practices that you need to put into place? What is, what is that place that God has called you to dwell in? That place of worship, that place of Bible reading, that place of sitting down with your family and cultivating a relationship, that, that place of coming before Him and saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm on my knees. I'm praying right now, Father God, will will you make a way for my family to be restored? Will you make a way for the relationships to my children to be restored? Will you make a way for that promotion to happen? I I feel like I've got so much to offer within my workplace, but but I need to to come back before you and put myself in that place where you can begin to move on my life so that you can move through my life. Amen. What guidance and direction do you need to come in line with this year? so that you can step into new hope. So your decision and your choice to step back to where God has called you to dwell, to follow His guidance and direction, to to flee from sinful practice, to, to live in holiness, it will make clear pathways and provision for your life. It will release new hope. So He's done the work. God's done the work. But only you can outwork the plan. He has a perfect will, but only you can outwork the will. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? God has a perfect will for your life. But if you're going to sit on the sidelines of life, it's not going to get activated. Let hope begin to stir in your heart. Let His Spirit begin to stir you. Stir you to the point where you begin to, as you're sitting sitting on the sidelines, it's like, no more. No more. I, I choose not to sit on the sideline. I choose to step into the promises that God's got for my life. I choose to be present. I choose not to be at the mercy of life anymore. Why can I make that choice? Because I carry the new hope of the world in my heart. I'm not doing this by myself. I carry the Messiah the new hope of the world in my heart. I want to encourage you, there is new hope for you this year. 
The choices you make, the decisions and actions that you make, not only is it going to release hope into your life, it's going to release hope and provision and destiny. It's going to open the door for your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids as we saw on the family tree this morning. Generations are going to step into the promises and plans that were set before them because you chose to do it this year. Don't put it off. Don't put off what seems too hard at the expense of new hope for you and the generations that are to come. Don't, don't put it off. Don't put it off another moment, another year. See, it's God's desire for you to receive hope, to receive triumphs, to receive triumphs, to triumph over hopelessness and step into all that He has for you. I believe that for each and every single one of us today. Maybe you don't have the faith to believe that right now. Guess what? I'm standing with you this morning. I'll attach my face to the little bit that maybe you can stir up in your heart this morning. The people sitting around you will attach theirs together. Let's join our faith together. Let's choose friendship. Let's choose hope. Let's choose that this year is going to be different. Let's action that this year is going to be different. Amen. See, if you don't know God personally this morning... Maybe this doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's going to right after I share this with you. If you don't know God personally, if you, don't, if you haven't made a decision to accept Jesus as your Savior, this is how you get the hope that I'm talking about this morning. By accepting Jesus as your Savior, hope comes and dwells in you. It's not something you can stir up. It's not something you can add water to. Only God dwelling in you can release the hope that you need. God wants to give you new life and new hope. That's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1 to in 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has great mercy. And because of His mercy, He gave us new life. This new life brings us living hope through Jesus Christ's resurrection from death. This is how we get new hope and new life. Because Jesus went to the cross, He made a way for each and every single one of us. Many people in the room this morning have made that decision to accept Jesus as Savior. They've received hope in their hearts. But if you haven't today, I want to give you that opportunity. I don't want you to go through another moment of life without walking with the hope of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we just close our eyes for a moment? If you're in this room this morning, if you're watching online or at a later time, this this moment is for you if you don't know Jesus personally. It's not a moment to embarrass you. It's a moment to introduce you to relationship with God who is rich in mercy and loves you so deeply. So as we're in this moment, if if that's you today, and say, yeah, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, I want hope to dwell in me. I want the the Savior of the world to dwell in my heart. If that's you, can I I invite you just to lift up your hand? Once you put up your hand, you can pop it straight back down. So anyone say, yeah, I I want to receive Jesus. Just pop your hand up, put it down quickly. Awesome, thank you. Anyone else just want to say, yeah, this is my moment. 2023 is going to be a different year for me. I'm going to step into 2023 carrying, awesome, thank you. I'm going to step into 2023 carrying the hope of the world, Jesus. To anyone else who say, yeah, I need to to get in on that too. I need need Jesus to be my Savior. I want a relationship with God too. Is there anyone else? 
If you're online, God's seeing your heart responding right now. Just with our eyes closed still this morning, we're going to pray a prayer of salvation, of coming into relationship with God. If you haven't prayed this prayer before, and whether you put your hand up or you didn't, it's not about hands, it's about hearts responding to Jesus today. If that's you, pray this prayer with me. The church is going to pray the prayer with us as well. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross and rise again on the third day for the forgiveness of my sin. I repent of my sin. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and you raised him on the third day. From this day on, I choose to follow Jesus. I thank you, God, for the relationship you offered. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.